Hi, everybody. I am Jordan Ostroff with Legalese Marketing, and this is Exhibit A Attorneys, where we interview attorneys and other experts across the country to talk about what it truly takes to be the Exhibit A of a successful attorney. Joining me today, Corey Kelly from Legal Karma. Legal, uh, Corey is the founder of Legal Karma and the Legal Karma Foundation, which donates their software at no cost to le legal aid organizations all over the world. Corey talks about how Legal Karma is not just another CRM or law firm management tool, but instead is uniquely designed to manage your firm's online client experience. Then along those lines, we're going to talk about that online client experience and how you turn that into those amazing raving five-star reviews, referral sources, raving fans, et cetera. Thank you so much for joining us today, Corey. Great to be here. And it's been great to get to know you, Jordan. Anything that I left out in that bio? And then while we're doing that, um, Breezy is going to drop the links so that people can get in touch with you. Okay, great. No, that all sounded good. All right. Well, you wrote it, so or most of it. <laughs> that tends to help. Um, anyway, no, I kid. Um, so as we get into this today, again, like I said, we're going to talk about your client experience and how you can secure five-star reviews. Um, after listening to this episode, if you want to hear more from Legalese Marketing and our wonderful guests, you can listen to our previous episode, which aired on Thursday. That was with Jan Ruse of Case Fuel, where we talked about the legal marketing fast lane, how to build your competitive advantage. And it's interesting because most of our shows are pretty technical, hands-on, tactical, while Jan and I really talked about it from a sort of psychological perspective, how you come up with your competitive advantage, how you come up with what truly matters to the client. So it's a little bit different than our normal show, for better or worse. If you're looking for tactical, that's probably not the one. If you're looking for mindset, that probably is. But enough about that. Let's talk about you so tell me a little bit about Legal Karma, and then let's get into how people can use that to provide that great client experience and secure wonderful five-star reviews. Yeah, absolutely. We built Legal Karma after interviewing hundreds of law firms. I mean, that was what I did first. I'm a, a non-lawyer. I'm a techie by trade. And the first thing I wanted to do is dive in and see, okay, what's missing here? If 80% of Americans can't get access to justice yet the legal industry is a whopping $70 billion industry annually. How is a $70 billion industry having issues serving 80% of their potential clients? So that was where we dove in first at Legal Karma. And I think in the beginning, we wanted to understand how law firms are currently operating and decently well, a lot better than maybe even five years ago. Um, you know, the truth is, is they have most of their internal systems at their firms pretty well digitized, at least much more organized if you using Clio or, you know, the laundry list of other competitors besides Clio, you, you've taken a really good, important first step. And then it seems like the second important step to take is to hiring a marketing company, much like you know, maybe Jordan here or, or others that are specific to your area of practice. But what we were finding out is the issues that law firms were having were always the same. It was, how do we get information from our clients when we need it quickly? And how do we keep our clients informed quickly? And if you look at complaints to the bar, if you look at the online reviews now, the same two problems, I mean, there's always some outliers, but I mean, 90% of the complaints are my attorney was a jerk or um, they didn't, I never knew what was going on with my case. And then I went back and I was like, okay, how, how, is this, how is this the issue? How are we not able to pull some of the complexities of law down to where anyone can understand them if we've got all of this software that's booming in legal technology right now? So, so it's funny. The, uh, it reminds me of that Woody Allen joke. The, uh, the two ladies go out for her dinner and they're like, oh my God, that was the worst food. 
I can't believe we went there. It was terrible. My chicken was undercooked. This was overcooked. And the lady goes, yeah, and such small portions. So whenever you hear the, they were a jerk and they didn't talk to me. I'm like, I wonder, I hope it wasn't like both the, you know, they wanted me to be a jerk to me more. I don't think that's what people were going for. No, I think that the truth is, is when you're interacting with a lawyer, it's probably a turbulent point in your life where, you know, it's, it's hard. You're, you're going through something mostly not positive. And so of course your liberty or a lot of cash is at stake for you. Um, sometimes both. So of course you want to be informed yet. The top tech providers today aren't providing a way for law firms to interact with their clients in a meaningful way online. And I think that kind of brings us home to how do we get these five-star reviews? And in almost every other industry, people are interacting with their clients digitally. There is an excellent online experience and a focus on software. Um, yet in the legal industry, while this has happened at your firms, it hasn't happened yet on the client's end of your firms. And arguably that's equally as important, especially if you're wanting to hire a marketing company to scale. Why would you pay for a marketing company to scale when you haven't even productized your own services? And we can go into philosophy on why lawyers aren't business people and some of the, the challenges that come there. But namely, Legal Karma is a client portal that productizes your firm and helps you sell and operate like your leading tech competitor. So, and it's really interesting because, you know, I, there's a two-way street here. Now I talk to people all the time and they're like, oh, you know, the, the nationwide average for depression is 10%. For law students, it's 40%. For lawyers, it's 20%. And so it's like, do you look at it as well? Once you get out of law school, you're half as likely to be depressed. Or do you look at it as you're twice as likely to be depressed than the average person being a lawyer, period? And I think so much of this, you know, the open lines of communication, again, in both directions, helpful for the client and helpful for the attorney as well. And so I really love that, you know, there's a number of programs trying to bridge this gap um, because it's certainly there. It definitely exists. Yeah. One of our favorite clients talks about legal karma. Like it's like giving back to the good old days of practicing law because you're no longer having to just keep your clients informed. You're not responding to tedious emails. You're not cycling through turnkey tasks anymore because all of those are automatable. Yeah. So, I guess, let me dive in there. So from that automatable standpoint, or really from that client experience standpoint, mm -hmm. you know, what are the, what are the top five tips or, you know, what are the things that we have to be doing as a law firm to provide that client experience? And then let's talk about how we can transition that into getting great reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that providing a good client experience and getting good reviews is, is two pillars. It's one actually offering that good experience, which we'll talk about first. And then two, it's knowing when to ask for the review. You can't just expect it to come your way. Um, so first, let's talk about building that really good online experience for them. So if right now today, your intake or communication process with your clients looks something along the lines of sending them emails, sending them large to do lists or calling them on the phone, there's probably a lot of low hanging fruit there for you. Um, and the, the only answer is you need to buy software that gives your clients an online experience because that's what all of the other good competitors are doing. Anybody else, even the, even big, big law firms, like are the, the personal injury lawyer you see on the side of the road, what, whatever it is, those people have excellent web apps that they have had developed that perfectly productize that process. And you can too, you, you don't need to have um, messy onboarding emails because clients don't know the law. They don't understand they're In fact, they're, they're paying you for that. They want an elegant guide through 
of this experience. They want you to take this off of their hands and just figure it out for them. And if they're having to figure anything out, that's going to cause turbulence. And then if, especially if they don't know what's going on and then they're just left in the dark and you don't reply. But, but, but truthfully, I mean, I, I can empathize with that because they're not your only client. You've got hundreds or dozens of other clients and you know the litigation process takes a lot of time or it's gonna take a while for you to get back to them or there's nothing about law is fast. So there's no update, but they don't know that there's no update and they're stressed and upset and something hard is going on. So looking back at the, the state bar and what are the, what are the most common complaints? The number one complaint filed at the state bar about an attorney is I did not know what was going on with my case. That's the number one reply. What an easy thing to fix, but it's not an easy thing to fix if you're having to manage it through email or phone calls. Yeah. And look, obviously there are a number of attorneys out there that for whatever reason practice door law or threshold law or whatever you want to call it, where they're handling, you know, any case that comes in the door, um, whether that's, <clears throat> excuse me, rural areas, whether that's people starting out, they can't find the niche. But as you start building your reputation and building your firm, you're going to be focused on, you know, three or three or so cases over and over again, you know, whether that's car accidents, slip and falls, whether that's, you know, a couple of different kinds of criminal cases that you see the most, whether that's, you know, foreclosure. And so there are so many of these stages, like you talked about, that are really easy to automate those updates because ultimately you've got, you know, stuff pre-suit or you've got the intake process, you've got pre-suit, you've got once it's in litigation, you know, something along those lines um, to update those clients over and over again on basically the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think low hanging fruit for a great online experience or low hanging fruit for giving your clients a great experience. One, be nice. I don't know. I guess that's, that, that's pretty easy. And then two, give them an online experience that gets them out of email because that's what they're getting everywhere else. Even at McDonald's, like there, there's an app for McDonald's that's excellent. Every other industry has given their clients an excellent app to interact with. Why would you not do that also? And PS, it helps you make money in your sleep. It keeps them updated in your sleep. You don't have to worry about it. Um, so I think step one is lean into software and don't forget about client collaboration software. It's just as important. And so when you talk about that client collaboration, you know, we're talking about you giving them updates, but also being able to get information back from them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like the, that's something that, I mean, I'm trying to figure out an area of law where you don't need some information from the client consistently, but if it's there, I don't know, you know, for estate planning attorneys, you've got the need for all of the, where they want their stuff to go, what assets they have for real estate. You've got the information about, you know, the location and whatnot. And obviously for personal injury, you know, you've got insurance information, accident information, treatment information, especially as they go to different providers. Yeah. Um, I, when we, so legal karma, we don't like to call it a CRM because CRMs kind of stink like marketing or, or something like that, which is good and important, but that's not what we do. We do client. You won't offend me. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I mean, marketing is important, uh, but we're out there to improve the client experience and collaboration between firms. And when I think about that, I think there's kind of two sections there. I think one is document drafting and assembly. Um, and two is how do we exchange information efficiently? Um, and so I think any law firm needs a client portal that can do document drafting automation, but then also keep their clients updated in a meaningful way. So let's say, I mean, I guess, actually, let me rephrase this. I feel like most of the people listening or watching this 
are committed to this path, you know, so we don't need to convince people to do this. But as they're walking down the path, you know, from you seeing how you all built the platform, from you talking to all these other firms, you know, what are those like one or two biggest tidbits, things that attorneys forget that you've seen really drive that better experience when it comes to either the document drafting or the client portal aspect of it? Like what's the, what's mm. the tactical wisdom here? Yeah, I think that because there's not really a lot of software like this out there, I think starting with um, training with your team is really important. Make sure that your team uses this in a meaningful way as well. It can't, it can't just be on the client to jump in. You have to engage the client through the platform and train them in that way. And, and once they're on it and they've made sense out of it, um, that's when the rest of the process kind of just falls in place. But if you're just expecting them to jump in there and figure it out, that's not a great client experience. You have to really integrate your process into the platform and then talk with your client like the using the platform as the medium kind of the medium is the message um i, I think that can be a that can be a quick miss um so it's interesting because i know we work with a lot of firms about their onboarding process once clients have hired so to get that marketing you know keep the client happy and so it sounds like you're advocating the same thing but potentially you know part of that onboarding is with a is with a portal or it's getting them to the portal for the rest of that onboarding or something along those lines so that they they know where to go to constantly get updates without you know the firm having to provide them yeah so when you're talking with them that first time getting them signed in or making sure they're ready to look at the the tool during that call um goes a long way um because you want to when, when they log in they can see very quickly you know they've got in at legal Carm, at least you know we have a matter tracker and there's client tasks that are tied to that matter tracker um, and they can quickly see, you know, what's coming, what's going to be expected of them, what they need to do. And then when they just need to sit back and relax and let the attorney do their job. Um, but talking about the expectations using the tool, um, is, is, is always a big separator. Uh, and then, and then always realizing like, what's going to make your firm sticky, what makes your firm sticky for the clients, you know, meaning, uh, it's a, it's a tech term for when are they going to use you over everyone else? So, you know, you're a PI firm, you're a criminal law firm, there's 500 others um, when you hit Google search for whatever that is. Or more, know, depending upon the city. Um, and, and this is where Jordan can help you a lot. But, but once they call your firm, how do you make sure that they, that they stay with your firm? Well, the answer is giving them an excellent online experience to interact with. Because once it's gamified and they can see the process and they've made sense of it, they're not going to go somewhere else. They feel like it's figured out and they understand it. And that's... I think th those are the, those are two tidbits, I would so, say. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, can you go a little bit more into that gamified? Because I know like that, that's become a new recent buzzword, but what that really means from the attorney perspective or the client perspective, I think is very different depending upon the software. So when we talk about gamifying the client experience, you know, what are we talking about here? As a techie, that, that's been around since like 2008 and I kind of hate using it, but it's not about like getting trophies or when you're playing, I don't know, whatever iPhone game or Android game you're playing where you get rewards for doing stuff. It's not like that. Gamifying in um, the business context typically means providing a clean, elegantly designed piece of software where people can make sense out of what is expected of them extremely quickly. And they know as, as they complete um, steps and tasks, a progress bar moves. And so they know what they need to do. And that's exactly what Legal Karma is. It's a matter tracker you know, steps in a progress bar that are tied to tasks that the clients need to um, 
need to complete. And then it also flags for them when you're doing your job and that they can just sit back and relax and it's going to take some time and they'll let you know when it's ready. So that's kind of what gamification means. It's, uh, it's maybe the, the one-liner is it's about sense-making. So it's interesting because I always joke that the legal profession is about 15 years behind the uh, normal business profession. So if you're telling me gamification has been around 13 years ago, we're slowly catching up. I, uh, I had a client yesterday tell me that the, for the last 20 years, the future of legal, legal technology has been Microsoft Word. And I thought that was really, I thought that was really insightful. I, I know of several firms that still use WordPerfect, which I didn't even know was still usable. But I guess if you don't upgrade Windows, you can still use WordPerfect. So I thought that when I first heard a lawyer talk to me about WordPerfect, um, I thought it was like a 1998 version of Microsoft Word. And I had no idea what WordPerfect was until I went and looked it up and realized that they were, they were the original competitor to Microsoft Word. I did not know that. Yeah, and they died like way many, many, many moons ago. But I guess you can still run it if you're on, I don't know, Windows 98 yeah. or lower. Yeah. I really have no idea. Yeah. But enough about the uh, behind the behind the ball tech scene here in the legal space. So as we move that client experience into securing five star reviews, because ultimately we are providing a service. You know, I don't think lawyers actually provide a product. You know, we don't have trademarks or I should say we don't have patents on case law or something along those lines. So the way to show people that we're the best fit, the way to show that we're the better one than the other 500, I think, is with online reviews, with that social proof, with other people sharing their real true experience of working with us. So how do we leverage that from having a great client experience? Yeah, I think that sourcing online reviews always comes with knowing the right time to ask. And I was thinking about this before I dialed in and I was like, okay, you know, how do we, what's a good example of the right time to ask? And I think another, another applicable example would be look at Glassdoor. Glassdoor is online company reviews. Um, and ev almost every person looks at Glassdoor reviews before they make a decision to work or apply to a company. So I think a, a fine use case and example for, for this discussion. So uh, in a, a few years back, I used to uh, run a trade organization of uh, talent professionals and executives at Fortune 500 companies. That was what I did for this. And they, they would talk about their strategy um, for getting people to comment on Glassdoor. And the answer was never in the beginning because they don't do it. They just, they just started. And never at the end because at the end, we're, we, we always want to think of ourselves as great and we've provided a great client experience, but at the end of your service, you know, there's going to be that one thing that came up because nothing's truly perfect. And two, they also have way less incentive to actually complete an online review because you're done with them. They, they've either gotten their money, their, whatever, whatever, your service is done. They don't have an incentive to actually do something for you. I think that the right time to ask for Google reviews is probably somewhere between a third or halfway through their experience at your firm. That's where you've had those early reactions. Um, they're, they're relieved to have this off their plate. You've probably razzled and dazzled them, hopefully with a good online experience, or you've sweet talked them on the phone, uh, whatever you've done to, to get them to, to like you and, and help you know, get the information that they, that you need from them. Um, so 
so I think it's a it's a multi-step situation, but I think step one is knowing the right time to ask. And then I think the next step is knowing like showing them why you're asking. Um, but I think so that's- I wanna jump in before we go deeper into that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the timeline thing. So even for even for injury firms, even for workers comp, I mean, even if you're giving them a nice big check at the end of the case, you still should be asking before that. I think that I think that I would say I would say run an A/B test. But yes, because once they get their check, they don't. There's no more incentive for them to talk with you or to help you out. Um, so. I think that maybe during some of that, I think you called it pre-suit work. I also heard it called like pre-litigation work where they're like working with you, going to the doctor, you're taking care of them. Those are really, that's a really impactful time to, to ask. You don't want to ask them in the middle of them waiting forever during litigation if that's not gone well. Um, but most, most employers have a life cycle of two years at a company, um, big data on average, and they ask their employers, uh, their employers ask their employees six months in because that is the highest likelihood that they will give a high review of their company. So that's about a third of the way through the employment experience. So I would say similarly, you know, when they're, when they're, when they're learning, they're going to make a lot of money, you're taking care of them. Um, this is a really high potential for them to, to have a lot of energy. Um, energy is going to go down even after they get that check, you know, while you might think that, yeah, they just got a big payout. Woohoo. Um, you know, there's other things that could have been there. Wow, that took way too long. Um, or you didn't, I'm glad I got this now, but you sure didn't let me know anything for the last nine months. So good thing this all worked out because I didn't know if it was going to or not. I mean, there's a lot of potential for some of that stuff to come up as well. Or, you know, they might just not want to write that review because they weren't informed or, or whatever complaints that you didn't get, you know, escalated to the top for you to actually hear. Those are still real. So I think when they're working closest with you, typically would be in the beginning. Um, I think that's when it makes the most sense to, to write that review. Um, and it's always best coming from the attorney. Don't do an automated message for that. Or, you, you can, or maybe you can, but make it sound really personal. It shouldn't be a marketing message. It should be like a, you know, like this is what your review means to us. Um, if you're and also use it at a point of set customer experience. Like if you're having an issue, let us know. If we really helped you out, or you're feeling confident in your matter, you know, here's a link. Also, give them the link. Don't, don't just, yeah, tell them to go Google it and do it. Yeah, I don't know if we have the video, but if you log in your Google My Business page, about halfway through the main page, it'll say um, request more reviews. You can get a link that will go directly to the leaving a review page on Google, so they don't have to search for you. They don't have to find the Google My Business on the right hand side. They don't need to go to leave a review. They don't need to click three more buttons. Um, big fan, big fan of automating that part of it. And you are totally correct in what surrounds that part of it not being automated. So I'm there. And that's something that we're, we're implementing at Legal Karma is halfway through lawyers can set it up to where they, a task can be assigned to them to review the firm. Um, that typically happens around that pre-litigation work or pre-suit work um, when they're working really closely with their attorneys. It just automatically assigns them a task to do it. And then, if, and, and then FYI, it'll let them vote in the app. So if they vote lower um, than four stars, it, it doesn't send it to Google. It says, hey, okay, thanks for the feedback. Please reach out and let us help make this better. Um, and then if they give you four or five stars, or you can set that threshold yourself. Um, but if they give you five stars, it'll immediately forward the link to Google. Um, the page will refresh there. 
I know. I think I think for many of us, four stars is uh, is a rather I'd rather not have, but yeah, obviously, I mean, su- such is the case. So look, do it. Don't do it at the end. Don't do it at the beginning. You know, find that spot that makes sense in the middle. Don't automate the process of it. Make sure you're personalizing it and explaining the reason for it. And then I would say I love the idea of having sort of the MPS score and gating the review from there. What other though, like specifics can we help people with? What other insights can you give on getting those great reviews? I mean, how do you, how do you get the client to write the right things? You know, do you ask them questions? Do you talk to them about it? Any wisdom or guidance you have on there? I think that if, you have current good that just that depends um, I'm trained on training I would not advise training your clients on the reviews that you want them to write unless you're talking to them on the phone um, putting something like that in writing or I don't know you can never know how something is going to to come off but if you're talking with your client you have strong rapport with them um, you're having a candid conversation be like hey this helps my business for you to do that you know this is what people are looking for can you say that that can go a long way um, if you've got that rapport, it's a friend or something like that. Um, largely, I don't think that coaching folks on um, on what to say, but I think you can say things like it doesn't need to be overwritten. Um, you know, it, it it takes actually less than two minutes. Like, you know, give us a star rating and then give us a one liner of what you liked. If you need to write more, that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even stuff like that, I think is like. I guess I phrased it wrong. You know, obviously I'm not saying have the client write like, oh, we love blah, blah, blah. But I always love giving them some questions on, you know, what was your favorite part about working with us so far? You know, has anybody office gone, you know, above and beyond and exceeded your expectations? Like giving them some of those specific prompts because I think it's always so weird for people to just go in and write a review kind of blindly. And so, you know, maybe it's the, hey, if you wouldn't mind, share why you picked us and, you know, what you've enjoyed most. Because I guarantee you, then you'll get a bunch of reviews that are, hey, I went and read all their other reviews and those were great. And I thought, hey, maybe I'll get a similar experience. And I did. It was awesome. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did that. You know, things like that. So you can start seeing that consistency with reviews. Because obviously, like, while I still don't think that we really know why people do things, we do know why people say they do things. And obviously, that social proof of, you know, 100 great reviews makes it a lot easier to commit to, you know, this firm versus the one that only has five reviews or something along those lines. Yeah. I I like that idea a lot about giving them questions to respond to. Like, what did you like about working with us? I think those are, that's wise. I I would, I would second that. Yeah. I think that, you know, why people do what they do, it comes back to, there is no point. And this is true for every service, you know, whether it's software or a gym or a law firm or whatever it is, people are most excited and engaged at the very beginning and then slowly over time you can never prevent it it will teeter off and so you shake it up and you know give them a reason to call their attention back and so somewhere and you know and there's if we're looking at four quadrants on the on on their experience with you somewhere in the first two you need to be asking for their review because that's when most likely they're extremely satisfied and they're extremely engaged with your firm if you've got good training with your intake specialists or you know good communication skills from your attorneys to make sure that they're feeling heard and cared for that's going to come out really clearly in those reviews so awesome so as we get towards the end of this i mean any other tidbits of wisdom things you want to make sure we cover things we left out from that client experience and driving those five-star reviews 
you know, I think 2020 for law firms was really hard. It forced law firms into a digital existence and a lot of them weren't ready for it. Um, and I think that that was surprising considering the fact that it's digitized mostly. Most people use an online practice management system, but it still wasn't enough. And I think that missing piece came from the client collaboration space. So if you're at a place in your firm where you're interested in investing in marketing, you should also be equally interested in investing in the ability for you to productize your, your services and also streamline your client's interaction. And by the way, if you're thinking, oh, I'll do that through email, there's a better way to do it. Yeah, I always tell people, you know, your CRM or your entire fulfillment process or your case management system, whatever you want to call it, look at that as a bucket. And then marketing is a, is a hose with water coming out. And if you don't have the right bucket, you're just going to fill up nothing and it's wasted. And a lot of times you, you'll get a lot of one-star reviews when are, they don't call me back, couldn't get a hold of anybody, couldn't even get a consultation, couldn't get a quote, you know, whatever it's going to be that they expect, but unfortunately you're not able to deliver oftentimes because you have too many leads. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes you don't have the right fulfillment or sales process or fulfillment process somewhere in there. So we're, uh, we're on the same page with this. Yeah. Sounds like it. All right, so our next episode is going to air on Thursday. The e-leader experience and experts take on securing the best solutions for your firm. That's going to have Megan Robinson on. And I'm actually going to be in Nashville for this show. So we're going to be doing this from a different location. What it will look like, I have no idea. Maybe it'll be the Nashville skyline. Maybe it will be uh, wherever I can find a computer and a laptop. So we'll make it work. But Thursday, Megan Robinson is going to share the e-leader experience and experts take on securing the best solutions for your firm. But Corey, I am not going to let you go yet because we need that diamond nugget of wisdom. If somebody's been listening for the last, I don't know, 35 minutes or so, they take nothing away from it except what you're about to share now. What is your biggest piece of advice, your most important takeaway? It can be something you've already shared. It can be something totally different. But what does it truly take to be the exhibit A of a successful attorney? Lean in to technology. Look at your competitors. Look at Trademark Engine. Look at LegalZoom. Look at Hello Divorce. These are people who have leaned into technology and fully productized their services. And their profits are showing it. And by the way, the rest of the industry is so far behind. If you're one of the people that opt in to do that now, you're going to blow the rest of them out of the water and retire early. Yeah, it's like, it's imagine telling somebody like, oh, don't bother having a website because 15 websites currently exist. Like how dumb would that sound, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago. Right. Um, and now I see so many people like, oh, well, so-and-so already did it. Like, great. But what you said is so true. The market is huge just because there's one out there there 80 percent of people in the u.s can't get access to legal services those people it's not like they don't have cash they have cash they just don't have two thousand for this and then a unknown amount of hours at this high billable rate that model is broken and going away well and the entire concept of automation and technology and systematizing is the antithesis of the billable hour mm -hmm. excuse me because you start being able to do things faster and more efficiently, which means you have to charge fewer hours, which means you make less money if you're so solely reliant upon trading time for money. So Big facts. We're, speaking, we're speaking the same language, my friend. Big facts, yeah. All right, so we have, uh, we've got 
yourlegalkarma.org. We've got your LinkedIn. We've got Legal Karma's LinkedIn. We've got the uh, your podcast, legalkarma.org slash podcasts. And then we've got fa- uh, Legal Karma Facebook. Any other contact info you want to make sure that we get out there? I guess the LinkedIn page would be better than the Facebook page. Okay. Our, our Facebook is kind of the like most of our engagement is on LinkedIn. Maybe you need a great marketing company that can get that uh, Facebook engagement up. Just, <laughs> Maybe we're just do. kidding. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really good. Um, you're, you're very welcome. Or, or should I just jump off or are we going to stay on and chat? Yeah, we're going to stay on for a couple more minutes. You know, you're the first person to ask that and other people have just left. So okay. <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to kill the live feed so that everybody else can continue on with their day. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Exhibit A Attorneys. If you're interested in becoming the Exhibit A of successful attorney, please check us out at LegalEaseMarketing.com, E-A-S-E.